Welcome back to the Future is Green podcast. This week, Ireland and I will be discussing all things sustainability. We will provide a brief background on what exactly it is, factors that improve and decrease sustainability efforts, some fascinating statistics, and how you can be a part of the solution. In a world where bad news travels faster than good, we hear a lot about what is going wrong, and that can make us feel discouraged and ultimately helpless. However, that is far from the reality. We can all take actionable steps to increase sustainability efforts and make the world a greener place. In order to do so, we first need to define what sustainability is. So the United Nations defines sustainability as meeting the needs of the present without compromising the ability of future generations to meet their own needs. And three pillars of sustainability are often referred to under social, economic, and environmental pillars. So I think a good quote to kick us off comes from Barack Obama, and he said, we are the first generation to feel the impact of climate change and the last generation that can do something about it. So just to continue forward a little bit and clarifying some basic definitions, so carbon footprint, we hear that a lot. It's a buzzword in a way. Previously, there was no clear definition, which arguably created a lot of confusion, So the idea of carbon footprints evolved from Dr. Reese and Wackernagel's ecological footprinting in the 1990s. So that was generally accepted as the number of gaseous emissions relevant to climate change and associated with human production or consumption of activity. But that definition has been refined. Who defines a carbon footprint as a measure of the impact your activities have on the amount of carbon dioxide produced through the burning of fossil fuels and is expressed as a weight of CO2 emissions produced in tons? So let's talk a little bit about carbon neutrality. So that is another word I think we see pretty often. So what exactly does that mean? Well, one part of carbon neutrality is carbon offsetting. So essentially, one group, person, etc., is emitting carbon in place A and removing it in place B. So an analogy to describe this would be pouring water into a broken mug and cleaning the counter over and over again. So that cycle continues. Organizations typically offset their carbon by purchasing or getting involved in projects that avoid potential future emissions or removing existing emissions. So this can range from afforestation, which means planting trees, carbon capture, and even renewable energy projects. Greenwashing is using environmental responsibility and involvement almost as a PR scheme or stunt, if you will. They don't always have the best interest in hand. So the issue with this is that carbon offset purchases can be made years down the road, which We're not saying at all it is a bad thing to invest in renewable energy projects, but in a way, this can be seen as almost a Band-Aid solution. So just to give a real-world example, about two years ago, I was involved in SGA, and we fund a lot of different student activities. And with that comes student activity fee-funded travel. And there was an article that came our way And it basically said that we would authorize up to $20,000 from our reserve fund to allocate towards a two-year pilot program to purchase carbon offsets based on the emissions generated by student activity fee-funded travel. So that means if our school sent a group of students to a conference, 
we would put that $20,000 towards offsetting, whether that was air travel, car travel, et cetera. And this actually ended up not being passed. And it was a really interesting debate that sparked my interest in carbon neutrality because we realized, okay, yes, that would be great. And that's wonderful to invest in such projects. But on the other hand, why don't we use those funds to start in a grassroots way here at school? That was super interesting, Ireland. I think carbon neutrality is definitely something that is present in more communities than we think. I think if you're a college student, it's obviously going to be present on your campus just as it was at Elon, and almost every business has a part in it as well. But outside of the business and education realm, you have a part too. Your carbon footprint is determined by your food intake your transportation methods, how you source and maintain your home, source by, I mean, like um, energy source, how you shop, what you buy, and what you advocate for or things you advocate against. And you can calculate your carbon footprint using a variety of sources. One that we found was the environmentexcuse.org. And this is a really safe website. They um, do not sell your information. And you just input some simple information and they'll provide you with a score for your carbon footprint. And so that's something that we definitely recommend checking out and we'll link it in our show notes. But that's something that I think can make a difference when you're moving forward in your sustainability practices, kind of knowing where you currently stand. If you don't have a great number, it's not something to feel bad about, but rather kind of a wake-up call and it's a good starting point to see where you are now and maybe reevaluating and taking the quiz again six months or 12 months from now after implementing some changes. And speaking of implementing changes, we all can make little changes that make a difference. So we obviously all lead very busy lives and incorporating sustainable practices into our daily lives is possible and practical if approached correctly. I think first and foremost, the thing that we definitely want to get across is that this is not an all or nothing endeavor. Nothing on this podcast is an all or nothing endeavor. We really, really want to drive home the 80-20 mantra, and it's something that applies to all facets of life. It's a lifestyle mantra. It's not just for diet. It's not just for exercise. It's not just for sustainability. It applies here. It applies everywhere. So in this sense, If you're sustainable 80% of the time, that is better than never being sustainable, and it truly does make a difference. You have to start off simple, and to start off simple, the changes that we want to share are not groundbreaking, but I think just reminding everyone of them and with some research to show that they really do make a difference is going to be key here. So... According to a study conducted at Georgetown University, quote, although the U.S. only makes up 5% of the world's population, it throws away enough plastic bottles in a week to encircle the earth five times. That is crazy, but again, I think that really drives home the point that reusable water bottles, it sounds simple, it's a huge impact. You using a reusable water bottle is going to save the earth because we're not going to have as much plastic waste floating around. Additionally, on average, 
one U.S. supermarket goes through 60,500,000 bags a year. You can use reusable grocery bags and help decrease that number. By using reusable water bottles, bags, straws, and glassware in place of single-use plastics, you can decrease your own carbon footprint and make the world a greener place. And for items that can be disposed of, trying to recycle what you can is just as helpful. Recycling just one aluminum can saves enough energy to power a TV for three hours, which is quite insane. Of course, each county or township has different recycling rules and regulations, but you can do a quick Google search or even maybe send an email to like your HOA to confirm what can be recycled, and that's a really easy place to start. Additionally, carpooling, biking, walking, and shopping from certified B corporations is a great thing. Just to clarify, a certified B corporation is a designation that a business receives and it is meeting a high standard of verified performance, accountability, and transparency on factors from employee benefits and charitable giving to supply chain practices and input materials. So it's really just kind of a checks and balances to make sure that what these businesses are claiming they're doing for sustainability efforts is actually happening. So as you can see, there is so much you can do. So we really do suggest focusing on the good. Don't get discouraged by the negative news that circulates around sustainability. And remember that 80-20 applies here as always. You made such a great point about not getting discouraged. I think it's so easy to look at these climate change updates. And while we are seeing improvement in some areas, we are also declining in others. But to use that information not to be scared, but to feel empowered to actually take action because small actions, as we know, do add up. So we're going to go into a few different areas of measurable actions. So there's definitely an element of preparation that is required to increase sustainability efforts. I think planning things out usually works better and it will set you up for success in the long run. So in terms of food systems, 26% of global greenhouse gas emissions come from food systems alone. So livestock and fisheries are responsible for 30% of those emissions. In terms of talking about sustainability with regards to diet, a vegan or vegetarian diet does appear to be this most sustainable diet and the least sustainable diet is the omnivore diet. To jump into a journal article, it is titled Identifying Sustainable Foods, the Relationship Between Environmental Impact, Nutritional Quality, and Prices of Foods, representative of the French diet. So yes, this study did look at the French diet, but I'm going to explain how it can be applied to the Western diet we have here in the United States. So it looked at 363 of the most popular foods for consumption within the French diet, and it assessed environmental impact using greenhouse gas emissions, nutritional quality, using a ratio between SAIN to LIM and essentially higher the ratio, the higher nutritional quality the food is, and then it looked at affordability. So from these factors, a sustainability score was calculated, and the higher the score, the more sustainable. So the findings are applicable to the Western diet exhibited in the United States, and they found that foods that had the highest environmental influence included meat, fish, eggs, and dairy products. 
And then they found foods such as starchy foods, fruits and vegetables having the lowest environmental influence. So greenhouse gas emissions were inversely correlated with the nutritional quality overall. So what that means is that foods with increased environmental impact tended to have a decreased nutritional quality. So I know that's a lot of information and we're obviously not pushing one diet or the other, but it's definitely something to consider. And I think one way someone could explore if they wanted to tap into the vegan or vegetarian idea, there was a challenge we found from almost zerowaste.com and they said, hey, you don't have to go 100%, which is very reflective of our 80-20 idea. And they suggested try doing a weekday vegan idea. So pick one day a week to eat vegan. So that's just something to offer. Of course, you don't have to take it, but if that sounds interesting to you, go for it. Lydia, do you want to tell us about some other ways that we can incorporate the sustainable measures into our everyday? Yeah, I'd love to. Okay. So going off of the dining component, if potentially going vegan or vegetarian isn't something that intrigues you, no worries. Less pollution from food sourcing and consumer-related travel occurs when you eat locally. It's better for you. For example, local honey has so many health benefits. If you suffer from seasonal allergies, I know a spoonful of local honey really does help. And going off of this, I touched on this a little bit earlier, but recycling is a huge one. If you're not sure which plastics are able to be recycled, you can check the plastic for a number code and research your local recycling guidelines. Local organizations also do accept used items. Some places like Goodwill or Salvation Army will take clothes or household items that maybe you don't want to use anymore. Water usage can also be conserved, taking shorter showers, um, not letting the water run while you're brushing your teeth, using smart energy devices, shopping secondhand, so Depop, Poshmark, thrifting. These are all really great options to increase your sustainability efforts. And then, of course, just like we share in most episodes, Ireland and I do have some favorite sustainability swaps of our own. So for me personally, at least right now, the main ones that came to mind were meal prepping. So I've been using glass containers instead of a single-use plastic. So instead of using like a Ziploc baggie or even like a, maybe just like one or two time use like Ziploc um, plasticware, I've been using glass, which is better for me because it's less chemicals from the plastic and also great for the environment. I've been trying to use reusable straws not only at home but on the go and actually Ireland gifted me a really cool reusable straw that folds up so I can keep it in my car and my wallet. It's perfect. And then I've also been really trying to make an effort to recycle my Nespresso pods at home. Nespresso has a really good recycling program and so just taking that extra step out of my day to put the Nespresso pods into a separate canister to send in for recycling versus just dumping them in the trash. But Ireland, I love what do you like to do? <laughs> well, I love the recycling idea. And just to go back, if you want to look up your local recycling guidelines, you just want to search your county and your state and recycling guidelines. So for me here in Chapel Hill, I just searched Orange County, North Carolina recycling guidelines, and they had quite an exhaustive list of the guidelines a great database that has items from A to Z of what you can recycle, what you cannot. 
And then also, like Lydia was saying, the local organizations and some even provide free pickup for used items. So the first thing you want to do is see if you can reuse an item. And if you can't, then recycle. But to get back to your question, some of my favorite sustainability swaps include using glass bottles to try and combat that single-use water bottle use. So I ordered last year actually, I ordered a pack of six glass bottles, like 24 ounces each. And I just fill those up from the water filter and I cycle them out, obviously washing them through each time, but I cycle them out and just leave them in the fridge. So I'll try and do that a few times a week just so I can have those on hand. So if I need something on the go, it's already done. I also try to incorporate using a reusable cup, even when I'm getting a drink like at Starbucks and a fun fact is that you get 25 stars when you use a reusable cup at Starbucks and you also get 10 cents off your beverage of choice. I think just making these tiny changes and incorporating them in a consistent manner will help you build these habits over time. So next we're going to jump into labels to look for. There are a lot of labels on our food, clothing, almost every product you can think of probably has a label and some are better than others. So again, we just want to touch on greenwashing. So there's over 600 certifications related to environmental sustainability, ethical, fair labor practices, and social responsibility efforts. So that is a lot. So from those 600, which are the most reliable, which are not. So to dive a little bit further into the B Corp, which Lydia touched on before, it is a global certification and it's issued to brands as a whole. And it considers the three pillars of sustainability, which we mentioned are environmental, social, and economic impact. So B Corp looks at different areas of a brand from supply chain to where materials are sourced from, labor, and trade practices. Certified brands, B Corp describes those as meeting the highest standards of verified social and environmental performance, public transparency, and legal accountability to balance profit and purpose. So of course there are criticisms relevant to greenwashing, and just to touch on those to cover both sides, Innocent Drinks, for example, which is owned by Coca-Cola, who is the worst global plastic polluter, uses significant amounts of single-use plastics. And then Nespresso, which now that you've talked about Nespresso in the recycling program, I actually can see why they are a B Corp certified company. So Nespresso became certified in 2022, and they did receive a little bit of backlash just because their coffee capsules are single use, but I think the fact that you were mentioning, Lydia, how they started this recycling program to offset that single use is great. And hopefully at some point we could see permanent Nespresso cups. So B Corp is definitely a good one to look out for. And in our show notes, we'll put what that logo actually looks like. So just to go into the benefits, if nothing else, it is encouraging the idea of sustainability. It's getting more people thinking about it. So I think that is great. It's a movement. It's encouraging community. And of course, we talked on some of the criticisms, but at the end of the day, it is bringing up this important idea. Lydia, do you want to talk to us a little bit about the Environmental Working Group, which Dr. Cohen actually introduced us to in a previous episode? 
I'd love to. And that was all so well said, Ireland. So the Environmental Working Group, or EWG, um, is a organization that oversees cosmetics, cleaning products, baby care products, and verifies safety of ingredients relative to the environment and human health. And there are so many resources. There are consumer guides you can check out on topics such as tap water databases, food sources, healthy cleaning products, and there is a healthy living app where you can find ratings for over 130,000 food, personal care, and cleaning products. Eat Well Guide, that is a curated guide, handpicked over 25,000 local sustainable food options from restaurants, farms, markets, and more. It's such a great website, but just going to the Eat Well Guide, that's something we shared recently on our Instagram page. We won't repost that, but this is a great website to bookmark on your phone. I've used it countless times when I'm out and about, and it just picks up your location and it tells you these handpicked places that are sustainable options near you. And it's a wonderful website to have on hand. So just to touch on a few more labels, which of course we'll include again in our show notes so you can actually see what the labels look like so you know what to be on the lookout for. Some labels relating to animal welfare can include the Vegan Society, Vegan Action, The Leaping Bunny, Climate Neutrality includes Climate Neutral, Climate Partner, and Gold Standard. Packaging could include OK Compost and then for our audience members in the EU, European Bioplastics. For organic labels, you want to look for that USDA organic label and then in the EU, the EU organic label. And then some just general and other labels can include the EU eco label and Cradle to Cradle certified. There are so many sources, honestly. Um you're never going to be left astray we always have great recommendations for sources and this is something that we personally do use and it's pretty user-friendly so definitely worth a try as well as there are even iphone apps that scan products in your fridge or in the grocery store that can help you decide if they are sustainable enough or not for you um yeah there's so many options but this is a really great one And if nothing else was taken away from this episode, start a conversation with your friends, with your family, share ideas. Lydia and I sharing, we can learn from each other and what we do. So talk to other people and let's keep this conversation going because it's an important one that we need to take action now and it's going to affect us one way or another down the road and for future generations. For sure. And just keep in mind too, 80-20 – We want you to remember that in all that we do because it truly is the best way to get involved in all of these different fig aspects of life. So dining, exercise, and now sustainability, you don't have to go zero to 100. Simply just start by starting and make one small change a day and you'll you'll see the improvements in your life and in the life of everyone around you. The power of atomic habits. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 10, Sustainability 101. We hope you were able to learn some new sustainable life hacks and get the conversation started with your friends and family. We'll see you next time.